say something that is good, it's of the kingdom, like the commission, like for us to go and make disciples and make it an idol or an identity thing. So even when I was like there, I was like, flip me, like my eyes have come off Jesus because I've got them on this idea, this like construct of what I want to be doing in my life, what missions is, what I think I should be doing. Hello and welcome to the Together podcast, a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. My name's Dan and today I'm joined by Kat and Chris. How are you doing guys? Amazing. Yeah, doing good, thanks. It's funny, I ask you that question at the start of every podcast. I wonder if we did like a mashup of all of the answers. It feels feels like a very standard way to start the podcast now. Yeah, maybe we should switch it up. Maybe I should... Maybe I should just say I'm not doing great. Then we can <laughs> yeah. have like, yeah, can, I feel like you can't have really a 20 minute say, conversation to cancel me. I feel like you can't <laughs> we, really we say you're doing terrible a, today. We want this to be a place of honesty for our listeners. So, guys, you have my complete <laughs> permission to, when I ask you casually how you're both doing, one time, well, more than one time, but you are more than welcome to you say. You have one time, not so a great. Year. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm glad you are both doing well, because on today's episode, we're hearing from Rachel Holland, who's a uni student who spent some time volunteering overseas with Iris Global. So she spoke to us about all she got up to and how to make the most out of your gap year. So to find out all about that and more, make sure you stay tuned in. But before we go any further, it's time for some sad news. Chris, can you put some sad music in, please? I will do that. (laughs) So uh, unfortunately... Today is Kat's last podcast. Kat has been with us for the last 12 months and has been a a real hit with you guys. At least four of you have said that you're going to miss her. Um, So we will also miss her, Chris and I. Um, Kat, thank you so much for what you've given over the last 12 months, particularly in the form of um, Kat's questions, which we'll get to in a second. But before we do, do you want to say any words (laughs) <laughs> about how good we are as podcast hosts um i mean it's putting me on the spot and as as everyone is aware in the team that i don't really like being put on the spot <laughs> um but yeah it's been a great time and i do hope that the um success of the podcast continues even after my departure um i know you won't be the same but you know, I do. I do hope the best for you guys. So, oh, that's I'm so, gonna stop that's now so before I start man. crying. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. So uh, this is last cat's last podcast. So, cat, this is your last cat's questions, and therefore it must be the best one. No pressure, <laughs> but take it away. <laughs> um. Well done. Um. I thought. Today's podcast, because it's my last one, I have to make it about myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's only fair that we we get in personal. And my question today is, what is your favourite memory from the last 12 (laughs) months of me? (laughs) No pressure. That's putting us on the spot there. That is a big question. Um, I mean, what can I say? We used to sit across from each other in the office. 
back in the, the office day. days. What are those? Yeah, it's an office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they genuinely the other day I had a memory and I was like, was that during or before Corona? I was like, <laughs> um, no, but Kat, back to you. Stop buying time, Chris. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, what? I really enjoyed doing the justice conference with you. It was yeah. definitely like working relationship and personal relationship, like highlight. Yeah. Because yeah. we had a good time, I think we, we like, yeah, you know, we 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 ate a bit later than everyone else. You know, we were working hard on. Yeah, that, we were working the hardest. The solidarity was there, and uh, you killed it there as well. Like, I mean, a lot of it was down to you. I just kind of showed up and was just like, <laughs> right, who am I talking to? <laughs> I just remember being very sleep deprived, and so thinking, what is going to happen when I have kids if I can't hack eight hours of work nonstop, like. <laughs> Um, interviewing and stuff. I think for me, it's um, it's the response to my TikTok video that I did for the, uh, <laughs> the channel, where you made me feel like the least cool person that has ever lived, <laughs> despite forcing me to do a, a TikTok trend um, and a little dance. Um, but I think, yeah, my my memory is is just how you encourage me to embrace my inner TikToker. Um, <laughs> and step out of my comfort zone and completely nail that TikTok. Um, and so, yeah, I think it would be that or probably the first podcast, which uh, is probably the equivalent of Chris's Everest in that <laughs> the amount of edits that he had to do from you from you reading the script. I think it, it should be known to all listeners how far Cat has come. Um, so no comment yeah. I have not disclosed anything to <laughs> we them. don't script the podcast what do you mean oh yeah sorry I mean the um... intro is just it's just uh it's similar to the other intros yeah not that's because just how we I read greet people <laughs> that's how I greet people in real life as well that's just spontaneous hello my name is Hi, Dan, Dan and today I'm joined by <laughs> yeah I always announce the people I'm with do you not do that <laughs> Today I'm with my mum and dad. <laughs> Say hi, mum and dad. How are you, how are things today? <laughs> Just good, Dad. <laughs> Always keep it surface level. Always keep it. Surface level. Oh my god! Uh, this is a sad time. I've got to say, um, it's not a sad time. Sentimental. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of, of you and all you've given to the podcast. So. <laughs> Thank you. Cat's questions won't be the same. I've had some you know, real favourites. Jam and cream on a scone, mm. uh, which goes first. That was that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, condiments in the fridge. We did that one, didn't we? Um, uh, pebbly beach or sandy beach. That was another. divisive, I remember. I did like <laughs> the, um, I did actually like the one that Dan missed, which was the toilet roll and whether you fold or... <laughs> Oh man, wasn't I in that one, or was I just dis- was I just disgusted by who would ever take scrunching. a chance at scrunching? But let's not go back to, to that. It's risky business. Um, great cat. We we will treasure the next thirty minutes or however long the podcast lasts um, and the time that we have with you. Thank you, cat, for all you've given to us. Great. So next up, it's what in the world. Welcome to What in the World, where we discuss the latest in news and current affairs. Kat, what are we talking about today? And this, listeners, tell if you can see if this is a script or not. 
And Kat, as your last podcast, you have to nail this first time, okay? Show us how far you've come. It's too much. Too much. Um, well, <laughs> um, today we're talking about students and the results. Students across the UK were disappointed after receiving their A-level results, with almost 40% of them being lower than their predicted grades. This was thanks to exam regulators' decision to use an algorithm to take into account the historic results in each area. This, of course, put many students at a disadvantage for securing their university places and has since been reversed due to nationwide backlash and protests. However, many students have been left in the lurch since they've now lost their university spots. What are your thoughts, guys? Oh, yeah, I think it was a massive mistake. And I think a lot of people kind of saw it coming as well, which was the it's like the frustrating thing about it. There was a lot of people saying this is just not going to work well. And um, yeah, it definitely did it. And I think doing it by area ended up kind of like just showing the inequality in the UK education system and just kind of being like, well, you're from a low economic background, so you get worse grades and you're from a, a richer place, so you get better grades, which is obviously just, like, not cool. Um, so, yeah, massive, massive problem. I'm glad to see they reversed it. And, like, again, student, the power of students, I mean, whether it be fighting for climate justice, mm. whether it be Black Lives Matter, whatever it is, students just raising their voices and just being like, no, we're taking a stand. This is not going to happen. It's just, like, massive respect to them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that I'm a student alongside with them because I like the energy. I'm here for it. <laughs> Yeah. I might just go back to uni just so I can be part of the movement. <laughs> uh, what would I give to be back at uni? <laughs> yeah, I think if you are unsure about what to do in the next steps as well, I think it's it's not too late to, you know, either go to uni or take a gap year and see what else you can get up to in the year. Because I think, I don't know, if I was at uni now, I don't know if I'd want to go to a remote studying until January because that's like I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of uni in terms of like that's where you meet your like lifelong friends guys you know no pressure but it is as my dad would say shouldn't you be going there to study (laughs) (laughs) no Chris you go there to make friends you study third year not first year I think there is um, definitely an acknowledgement that the university experience is, is wider than the qualification now, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and I think it just depends what your priority is. The alternative of not doing distance learning for uh, between now and January, the alternative is to defer and then wait 12 months. But for some people, pushing things back a year just doesn't make sense. And so, yeah. you know, you'll you'll still get good experience. You know, we we hope that by January things will be... Um, slightly more normal but also you know I'm sure universities will make up with it with freshest weeks in September 2021 <laughs> and all that type of thing and, and so if you know if you're set on doing a course and you're set on a career path and you know you want to get on with it then I guess that is the flip side you you defer the social aspect of uni for a yeah. year but you still go and do the remote learning mm. stuff yeah. um, so there are there are options there but it's it goes without saying that you know a lot of the lessons I learned at university and a lot of people learn at university happen outside of the lecture hall. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, have, I have heard stories of people actually 
well, they're still moving into uni and Facebook groups are a great way to connect with your um, schoolmates or uni mates. Um, and actually you can still do, even if it's Zoom or um, social distance learning where you actually meet up um, outside or, you know, in your, you know, even finding people to share flat with, like you can still do that. Um, which is obviously a bit different if you never met them. Um, mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like those options are still there. And I think if you still want to make make the most of your uni life, definitely get connected with people because I feel like it is, I guess it depends on, on the course that you're doing, but for my course, it was very much group work most of the time. So I can't imagine doing that with like, living at home and never seeing anyone else imagine the opportunity for endless zoom quizzes every night of the week would be a different (laughs) zoom quiz with a different set of new friends and who doesn't he doesn't want want a day glow quiz like that's everything i've ever wanted in my life (laughs) yeah who doesn't want to have to go and make a sandwich in 60 seconds or take a picture of themselves in their car and do a photo challenge quiz and all that kind of thing so you know, maybe Freshers' Week will take on a whole new virtual meaning and virtual fun. Maybe House Party will bring it will come back. House Party, make it come back. <laughs> Resurrect you know? from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, House Party. I was like, what you mean party at people's houses? No, no I, I've <laughs> completely forgotten about House Party. They had a moment in it. It's definitely gone though. <laughs> we moving on yeah. swiftly. Last <laughs> the whole of two weeks until that uh, that uh, rumor tweet of them stealing our data. <laughs> But yeah, I just think whatever you want to do, I guess just figure out what you want to do is the mm. is the is the point and mm. go for it. Just be confident in whatever decision you make and if it's whether you need to go through clearing or anything like that, I would just yeah, back it and just say have the confidence that you'll that you'll be in a spot that you're meant to be. Yeah, definitely. And uh that brings us on to a good point to move on to our interview with Rachel because she is gonna talk a little bit about um gap year. And so think through what you might wanna uh, do this September if you still have an option to to change. Maybe something Rachel says will inspire you to to think differently. Maybe it will inspire you to know that you're on the right course. But as Chris said, everybody's different and everyone's on a different path. So consider the options for you, and uh, also you know prayerfully consider that and where God is leading you, and then you can't go wrong. So here is Chris's chat with Rachel. My name is Rachel. I am studying anthropology over at Sussex Uni in Brighton, but I'm originally from Devon. Yeah, so moved across. Awesome. Good to meet you. Good to get to get some more uh, University of Sussex alumni on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure Lizzie's celebrating. I know. She's brought <laughs> us in slowly, slowly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I guess uh, to start, before you got to before you got to you before you started. The studying anthropology be great to kind of hear a bit more about the journey before that um so i understand that you took a gap year with iris global harvest school what is iris all about and what inspired you to get involved so yeah i actually um i took a couple of gap years just because i came out of the end of um like a levels and um high school and was thinking i didn't really want i don't know i didn't see uni being an option for me and i didn't think that that was what the lord was leading me into and had had on my heart for quite a while to go to um, do this harvest school with Iris. Iris, they're a international missions organisation that are super global in the sense that they've got 70 different... I might, to be fair, I might not fact check, but I think it's about <laughs> 70, 70 bases worldwide. Um, and yeah, they're just super passionate about ministering um, 
two people with the love of God being and Jesus just being the pure motivation for everything that they do. Um, Heidi Baker is the founder. So I think people probably would associate Iris with that because they probably heard of her. Um, and that was the same for me. Like I'd heard her speak. I think it was 2014 at a David's tent. I remember she got up, she spoke. She didn't really speak actually. She just sort of like cried during <laughs> worship for a bit and then and then shared a bit. And I think that was just a moment I was like, I want I want to get involved with this movement of missionaries who are just laying down their lives in really practical ways, but also just in the sense of being like, Jesus, I will say yes to whatever you have for me, whether that is mm. staying where you have me now or whether it's going to the ends of the earth and doing what you will. Yeah. Awesome. And so what were, what was kind of the stuff that you got up to there? Because I heard you ended up spending some time in Israel in the Netherlands and in Madagascar, which were three very different places. Very and, random. And yeah, yeah, was, yeah. They sound amazing as well. I'm a bit jealous, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, funny. what were you up to? Um, when I told people I was ending up going to Madagascar, I mean, it was my sister. She was like, I didn't even realise people lived there. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> the movie's given a bad stick. But, um, <laughs> no, the Harvest School, like, before that one, actually, has been based in Mozambique, and it's a three-month sort of missional training school where you stay in on base which is in Pemba and it's not the capital but it's like a big city um but basically when I came to apply uh, so I applied to do this school um in Mozambique and when I came to apply there was a lot of um civil unrest at, at the time in the country um so they sort of were like it's not safe for us to run this and to have internationals coming in um onto base and at that point it was just like prioritizing the safety and security of uh, the kids, the locals, the workers, like long-term staff, that sort of yeah. thing, um, which is super fair. So we basically threw in a curveball, but Heidi, she had this vision. She was like, we're going to go from like the Axis Church, Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. So I think they just built this school around this vision that she'd had that like we as any believers get to go to the ends of the earth, but like physically, we physically did it. So that yeah. was quite cool. <laughs> I mean, it's very, very wacky, but it was a really beautiful time because... I think, yeah, as you said, each country is so different. Um, so, yeah, we started in Israel and that looked, I think, to be fair, for Israel and the Netherlands, both of them looked more like uh, sort of school, discipleship, like learning and gr like growing together, especially because yeah. we, I mean, no one's met each other before. You sort of get dropped off in a random country with like a <laughs> hundred other random internationals. Like, wow. um, so, yeah, it was re really sound. I mean, Israel is such like a beautiful nation like got a really rich history obviously <laughs> yeah. um and I think that was one of the things that it's funny because when we found out that the school wasn't going to be in Mozambique anymore but it would be this traveling school I remember just being like oh this is not what I found at all like this is not what the dream looked like um but I still just felt like the Lord was really on it and wanting me to go because it was actually like he told me to postpone a year and apply for the next school like which would be in the following year um, and had I w gone when I wanted to, I would have gone to a school that was like saving Mozambique. But yeah. going in his timing meant that it was so wildly different from what I could have imagined. Um, but I guess that's just always the way it is, eh? Um, but yeah, so we travelled from Israel to the Netherlands, did a bit of um, like a small, broke down into smaller teams, sorry, and did outreach within Europe. So I was in a team of about 12 of us. We went to, we like rented a car and drove to Paris for a couple of days. And then... Because it was Heidi's idea again. She was like, guys, while we're all here in the Netherlands, like, <laughs> I just want you to go and, like, 
break off, you're going, this is the commission. Um, yeah. Like Luke 10, sending out the disciples like twos. Um, obviously we were 12, but which seems yeah. also very biblical. <laughs> but it, that as well, I think that was so exciting because I'd imagined that when I was like, I'm going to go and be a missionary, I'd be like, I'm off to a, I don't know, just exactly as you, wow, I'd grown up imagining like developing nation, like sat with, whoever yeah. i don't know there's a bit of a complex behind it for sure so that's something that the lord definitely had to deal with um yeah. but it was so sound to be like flip i'm in a european city a capital city it's so like beautiful got so much mm. culture um it's kind of it's more similar to what i was used to than like some of the other countries we got to stop in yeah. but i mean jesus just showed up as he does and i think we got to do some street evangelism and just it basically looked like being on holiday but like <laughs> We, I don't know, just, we'd get to go and, like, street performers we'd end up chatting with, they'd get yeah. saved, like, people's backs were just getting healed, like, left, right, and center. I just, it's super random that you think, like, I'm gonna have my plan of what missions and evangelism looks like, and yeah. Jesus is just like, no, you can be, like, exactly where I put you, have the most fun with me, um, and just see, like, the kingdom invade literally anywhere, no matter how developed, no matter how undeveloped, like, I don't know, it's just, that was really a bit of a rug under the feet moment yeah well you're sa- you're really cool. selling it though I mean it sounds <laughs> like it was an amazing experience what for you does even mission mean because I think it's quite like a loaded statement at yeah, this point sure. or a loaded word even mm. so what yeah what is mission for you and how prepared were you for it like was that something that was like an exciting prospect or was it quite daunting for you I think um so I've grown up like my grandparents um I mean, it's such a funny one because especially now studying anthropology, I'm coming at it from a lens that I'm like, you have all of these other like secular ideas that are being brought into the conversation, which I think is good, like to bring things under analysis and always check that is what we're like giving and what we're being motivated by Mm -hmm. the kingdom. Is it like being motivated by the king or is it have we let other Western ideas and like movements like sneak in and kind of taint it a bit? Um, so it's, it, I think it is good to bring everything under the lens. And as you said, missions at the moment is such a loaded word. But I think I came at it from a place like my grandparents um, and my family were out in Kampala and I'd grown up with that idea of being like, that's what missions looks like. And mm. this idea that I think, yeah, is quite like a Sunday school version of it. But I think, and I thought in going and working with an organisation uh, and learning with them, like Iris, um, I thought that would be it. But I got massively humbled. Like, man alive, you can't even imagine. (laughs) I think I had so much that I was like, um, it's really easy to take something that is good. It's of the kingdom, like the commission, like for us to go and make disciples Mm -hmm. and make it an idol or an identity thing. So even when I was like, there, I was like, flip me. Like my eyes have come off Jesus because I've got them on this idea, this like construct of what I want to be doing in my life, what missions is, what I think I should be doing because I think it's a good and holy pleasing work and I mean there is like it can be but it's got to be because your eyes are on him and he you're just following his footsteps rather than mm. like I'm gonna go do this I'm gonna be a, like there's that thing of white saviors and there's so many other I think discussions that are happening in secular conversations that do often need to be brought into the conversation of mission if that's fair to say like as in yeah, motivation definitely. behind it yeah definitely yeah let's talk let's talk a bit about that for for you I mean you've said yourself that you kind of had this like yeah undoing kind of like the stereotypical oh, image for your yeah. own self 
how important is that for the church to do as a whole how important is that in our own like efforts to yeah live out that commission Mm. well yeah it's such an interesting one when you think about it in terms of the church because you have I don't know we we have almost like no that's not fair to say I was going to say a lack of like missional a mindset in the church which isn't isn't true and that's a sweeping statement I probably shouldn't make but like you have I don't know I think it does just come down to motivation for everything but you could argue that some churches are looking so inwards that they're not turning out and trying to I don't know trying to be like in touch and helping and loving the community around them as they should Mm. but then equally if the motivation for doing that is for any sense of like gaining numbers or for gaining territory or anything like that it's already Mm. become like not it's become not the kingdom so it's really it's a tricky one because yeah I don't even know that I I can say like that I'm a good like I'm an informed person to talk about white saviorism complex in the church but I think Mm. It's like obviously been present historically and is still present now, but I think the manifestation of it is going to be looking different today than it did like yeah. two hundred years ago, for say. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, and I think you know, it's good to have the perspective, like your perspective as someone who's gone out and done like done stuff, because actually, yeah, I mean, the idea of like quote unquote professional. Like, I don't know who is the quote-unquote professional on speaking on white saviorism. But I think it is a conversation that does need to become more casual Mm. in the sense of, like, yeah, just our accessibility (laughs) to speaking about it and to be able to, like, Mm. yeah, reflect on it for our own selves as well. Of course, obviously, with We Are Tier Fund, we have a huge focus on, like, justice and actually how we can end extreme poverty. Was that something Mm. that was tied in at all to the work that you were doing? Iris is an organisation, they work independently to the needs of the nation of every base, so it does look quite different. Um, but I think the vision for them has always been to love and provide in a very practical way, um, but just be... Like, I mean, their core values are pretty radical. Like They're like... Um, they've got five of them, if I can't remember them, that's quite bad. Uh, I think it's like, be dependent on God. So with everything, they're like, right, he's going to provide, like he's going to have to provide because we need provision people need aid um so expect expecting miracles is up there Mm. um like be willing to suffer for the gospel whether that is in just a sort of self-denial whether it's in a like giving up of sort of wealth and comfort or Mm. um yeah i don't know um or perhaps in a more more like extreme manner um another one is um joy is not optional so like that their dependency on the joy of the Lord to like sustain and be, motivate and mm. be the like the driving factor in everything that they do, the work behind it really. Yeah. Um, How do you um, practically do that? How do you practically kind of like consistently so tap into the joy optional. of the Lord? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think it circles back around to that thing of like if you've taken your eyes off Jesus and. I cause, okay, this might sound a bit savage, but like I love any sort of work that is bringing the kingdom in a practical way. Um, that is whether it's social justice and campaigning, or whether it's um, like living with a community and giving aid after um, and relief after a natural disaster or something like that. But whatever, like, whenever that becomes the thing that you're consumed by or you're fixated on, 
it's not Jesus and it's become an idol, which is so, mm. it sounds so brutal, but like, because we, we can make an idol out of anything, even if it is such a good and like pure thing. Um, but I think as soon as we're like, right, if Jesus is the motivation for everything I do, the campaigning, the activism, the giving, um, the friendships I'm part of, that's and like he's enough and I think he sustains in that um and joy is just a byproduct of knowing knowing Jesus is and I think obviously it's not fair to say joy will look the same for everybody Mm. and like the expression of that but there's a deep joy that being in his company brings and sometimes it's not like I'm laughing every minute of every day and I feel content and happy but it's just like I have a deep joy and a deep peace knowing that I'm in his will and I'm 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 looking at the king and, like, he's got me. So every work that I do, he's got. Um, Yeah, so I think it's massively a thing of motivation, like, and where your attention and your, like, focus is. That, like, it's quite easy to get knocked off, but thankfully, Holy Spirit is so easy to lead us back. Like, he's so kind and always bringing us back to the reason why we're doing things. Definitely. I mean, it sounds great, and I think it's so relevant for... You know, people that listen to this podcast, part of the We Are Tear Fun community. Uh, yeah, I guess when you're faced with every day, like the injustices that happen mm. around the world, holding on to your joy sounds like quite a difficult thing to do. But mm. it was, it's great hearing from you kind of that that sort of laser beam focus on God to like to, to sustain that and to keep going. And yeah. ironically, that is what sustains you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your so in the in the years that you did with Iris, I'm sure there was all like you've already mentioned a couple of challenges and stuff like that. What would you say mm-hmm. was some of like your biggest highs and your biggest lows? What did that look like for you? Um oh also I was only with them for um just like three months at the end of oh, cool, yeah. couple yeah, just a little fact check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but um I think highs, like it would be really fair to say like some of the miracles I saw him doing, like, that's just wacky. And, you, like, I mean, I couldn't have expected that. And that's kind that got to be part of it. But if I'm being honest, like, I think the best takeaway from, um, like, being with them in that community was, um, I think, just understanding that Jesus is really worthy and he loves me, like, a heck of a lot. And, mm. like, to be in love is, is like, enough. Like, he is worthy. He is enough. Um so I think that just the moments of getting that a little bit more and a little bit more, I think that did it. And those are the highs for sure. I think in terms of not so much like they weren't like lows in the way of like, ah, but more in the way of like, gosh, this is challenging to think about and process, mm. but like, I've got to sit with it rather than try and rush on from it. Um, like what you're saying about how we can look at the world and see so many injustices. And, like, I mean, this year is just evidence. It's been, like, one mm. after another, and it does seem all-consuming and overwhelming. And it's quite easy in those moments when you're faced with either extreme poverty, poverty like, in front of you or you're just trying to have a conversation with someone who's stuck in, like, a really ignorant and harmful mindset. Like, it all feels a bit overwhelming, and it's quite easy in those moments to get, like, frustrated and a bit bitter. Mm. Um, and I think, like, and think, oh, God, like, how could this, like, how can this be still happening? Like, how can this be Mm. a thing? Um, so I think what, like, obviously is still, still massively a process, but I think finding, like, coming to a point of being like, I don't have, 
I don't have the right to question his judgment and his goodness because I know he's a fair and good judge and he's wiser than I could ever even mm. fathom. Um, and he's kind and he's always good. And even if circumstance is not good and it's really not good, um, it's like just trying to hold yourself in those moments and be like, right, I'm not going to question his sovereignty or his goodness. I'm just going to yeah. have to trust that like he's still good in this moment and just uh, sit with that. It's, it's, it's a tricky one for sure. Yeah. But I think that was one of the things that it could have felt like it could have felt like a load to turn back at the Lord and be like, how could this be happening? But I think thankfully he's big enough to take all of our questions and like, yeah. has no <laughs> offense. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, that for sure is up there. Definitely. I feel like, well, it sounds like it was an amazing three months and well worth it. Um, this episode is going to come out in September, I think, or August, late August. And obviously mm. universities are starting back yeah. up again, all kind of all over the place, some remote, yeah. some not or whatever. But how for you yourself, reflecting on the two years that you took out, like, are you an advocate for gap years or would you just say it's just like whatever whatever stage you're at what's your thoughts on that I'm I am a massive advocate for gap years although saying that is probably just based on my experience like I came out of a levels and I had thought I'm gonna go and be a missionary so I did not like I did not honor the lord with my exams like I should have um but I mean I took a year out um and studied art for a bit just to pass the time as I was like waiting and preparing to do Mm -hmm the harvest school the following year um but like even before that I did consider like starting an application and it would have been for art history so if anyone's listening and does art history this is not a bash but it would not have been for me (laughs) looking at it now I'm like that couldn't I I I don't know why I thought that was a good idea for me um so I'd (laughs) say if you like know I don't know if you know what you're going into and you're passionate about it that's great but if there's just any hesitation or like I don't feel like this is the time that's super chill I think taking gap years is such a good way to like be able to process it take a like moment out get get an experience that is like far from education or just not what you've been used to for the past seven and more years yeah what would be some of your tips for that for taking years out for take yeah for making the most of that gap year what, what are your some of your tips um, I think find something you're passionate about, like even if it's something really small in your hometown, like taking um, a pottery class. But like if you throw yourself into your pottery for the year, great. Um, I'd say invite the Lord to like reveal to you what desires he's based in your heart, because it's quite mm. easy to be like, I'm really passionate about, I don't know. I, I'm not. No, I have taken up some random hobbies in my time. But like, I, I can't say that I feel like when I'm doing it, I'm like, this is my calling, like <laughs> painting or cycling. It's not like that for me. Yeah. But like, there are certain things that I do do. And I'm like, this is what I feel like my heart burns for. If mm. I can find a way to give my, like to have this be the capacity in which I lay down my life for the Lord in, great. And I think he's, because he's often put those desires in our hearts first, he makes ways for us to function in that and to enjoy that with him rather than trying to box ourselves into other stuff so that's going back to the thing of if you don't know why you're doing the degree you're in just take a pause like find out what it is your heart burns for even if it's something really small or something like crazy like I want to tackle homelessness in the UK or I want to work with uh people who've come out of sex trafficking like I don't know whatever it is I'd say take a moment and find out if this is what your heart is burning for 
great advice absolutely great advice and <laughs> so i guess taking your own advice you landed on <laughs> anthropology like you said uh, what kind of him. what made you decide to go down that route and i guess what are you hoping to I mean, it's the, it's the age-old question of, like, what are you doing after uni? You don't have to have a full plan, but, like, what, yeah, why anthropology and what kind of do you want to do with it? Um, with anthropology, this is a bit of um, another humbling moment for me. I didn't actually know what anthropology was till I was 20, so it took some time. <laughs> um, but I had a friend who was studying up in Edinburgh, and she was doing joint honours anthropology with, I think it's Middle Eastern Studies she does, um, but... She was just describing a bit of her, like, one of her modules. And she was like, Rachel, this seems like the sort of thing you'd be really interested in. And when I was out with um, Iris, my whole thinking at the end of that was that I'd long term, um, I'd like staff somewhere because you sign it, like, it's a two year commitment, usually you staff, um, just so that they have loads of people moving in and out. But yeah. um, uh, so that was my plan. And then I got there and I was like yeah I'm going to the nations Ooh, Lord, send me um and it was just a massive bit of the Lord being like nah sit down go back to the UK study for a bit and I was like, okay like through tears <laughs> um but I did yeah like when I felt him call me back to the UK I did think it was a thing of for university but obviously because beforehand I'd thought about it looked and not found a course I was interested in or like mm. thought would be good I was just a bit confused and I had ideas swirling around and maybe like linguistics or something like that because every with um iris they're very heavy on cultural briefing and like so mm. every time we entered a new like we traveled we'd have a day well especially in madagascar we took a day to have cultural briefings so learning customs things mm. that would be cool for us but not cool in this context um yeah. and just even like the small small things and i was just like this to me is so like it, it was fascinating the fact that like yeah we can only learn to communicate and honour people well if we learn them as they're seeing themselves and that how mm. they're functioning, how they're doing the day-to-day. -day. And I was like, okay, that's really cool, but that's not a university degree, Lord. Like, yeah. this isn't it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, my friend was like, Rachel, I think you should look into anthropology. At the beginning of January, had two weeks and sloppy A-level grade to <laughs> pull, pull my UCAS together. Um, but, yeah, thankfully the Lord was just super kind and got me where he wanted me um and doors open when they should have so that was all all by his grace really yeah awesome and you mentioned UCAS obviously it's been quite like a a tumultuous time for a yeah, lot of students yeah, yeah. around the UK mm. um and for yourself uh having ended your first year or not really ending your first year because of coronavirus <laughs> how have you found that and how have you been navigating around everything from being uni cut short to remote studying mm. to, to all of that yeah, I mean, remote studies, I can't, well, we basically, we, we were supposed to have a week. If anyone from my faculty listens, I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> we were supposed to have a week back on online teaching after Easter. But I, like, getting caught up in the whole lockdown thing and then the Easter break, I missed the entire week of teaching. I didn't realise we'd started <laughs> again. So online teaching, I think I'm going to have to go ham with in September um, and sort of, yeah, I'll work out a good way for that um for how that will be looking but I think yeah um it was a weird year for sure I think obviously I've only just started um in first year so I can't even think what it could have been like like if this was mm. you graduating and having to have all like the wrap-up of three years of hard work um mm. happen in, in the middle of a pandemic is crazy so yeah can't even imagine but the first year I think it was it, like it, at the beginning like early Feb time it did just seem so far off and then obviously it like turned around and we were all being sort of 
shushed Harried off campus <laughs> um, in March, by the end of March. Um, but I think it was a weird one because I... Um, like I lived in a house of five of us and two of my friends, my housemates were exchange students and they were only coming for the year. One was from Guadeloupe and one was from Tokyo. Um, and I, um, yeah, Japan. And I remember being like, ah, oh, like I felt robbed of time. Like my housemates, mm. they were supposed to be here for three months and my friend from Japan was going to come back and do summer with me in Devon. Like, it would have been great. But um, so yeah, I, ha- I had a moment when I was like, Jesus, I didn't like. I didn't think this is how it was ending. Like, because he'd been really like he'd been on the case of my housemates, man. Like, it was mm. so sound how he'd been meeting them over the year, and I was like, I don't feel like this is very finished. Well, I don't think we finished well. This is. Mm. I'm sure it wasn't the finish anybody was expecting or wanting. Yeah. Um, but I did have a moment whereby he was just kind enough to be like. Rachel, I f- like I finish everything I start. Like mm. God, he he doesn't leave loose ends, and even if it doesn't happen in our timing, like he doesn't leave loose ends. Um, but yeah, and it's just really cool because I've been able to catch up, especially with the guy in Japan. Like, because he met Jesus, I think it was only like February, January time that he said yes to knowing him. But like, he's been showering through the word, like <laughs> Matthew, Mark. Like, yeah. um, he's like taking gospels by like a week. I mean, yeah, he's really doing sound. So I think it's just the kindness of the lord to be like see i was right when i told you <laughs> i always finish what i start yeah. um so yeah it's even though it's been a weird one i think being reminded of that truth that everything that he did do this year like yeah. it will be either furthered or cemented like especially yeah with my housemates like all the times he revealed himself to them like yeah. that's not just for nothing like he's still working and he's still yeah still in the business of finishing stuff so that's that's fun for sure. And I think it's a really good like reminder that, you know, the people that we meet along our journey of whatever whatever stage that is, that, you know, mm. it's one point of the journey and actually some of these people might be friends for life. And, uh, yeah, and yeah. some of these people will meet other people who might so into them as well. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah be the, like, so I guess, the, the ambassador for God in their lives as well. So, yeah, mm. it's good to kind of remove that pressure in a sense. I guess lastly, before we finish up, just for we have time, uh, in speaking about how you kind of dealt with coronavirus and everything, um, what would be some of your tips for students who are either starting or going mm. back to uni? How would you kind of like? I don't know if you. I don't know if you've got a top five <laughs> tips. Top five doesn't, doesn't have to quite be that. Uh, yeah, but okay. yeah, what, would, <laughs> what advice would you give? I think taking this is okay. So maybe I should go a bit more like something say something a bit more profound but I think finding a new hobby like this is a really good time for it Mm -hmm. like if if you've never knitted before maybe take up knitting although saying that actually if this is in the context of students maybe we don't want to send people out with the only like advice we give them like take up knitting um (laughs) but I think for students especially who are going to be joining universities in September I think getting connected through social media obviously like introducing yourself to people over zoom is never easy like it's not Mm. fun and it's not the ideal but because it's what we're working with I'd say just like you don't have to do it regularly you try not to overbook yourself and like get involved with too many things but if you could just have like get connected with a couple people or a couple maybe the see you on campus whatever it is you're doing um and then just show up like the first zoom will seem daunting but I'd say (laughs) just show up and people always kinder and friendlier than we expect um yeah well maybe not always that might not be the whole <laughs> truth but um i'd say yeah if you can just 
like, just be like, right, I'm courageous in how I'm loving people tonight and I'm gonna get on Zoom and meet loads of new people. I'd say just, yeah, do it for one night and then it'll be good from there. Great, I hope you enjoyed listening back to that conversation. Guys, uh, what stood out for you two? Well, I think, like, something she said around, you know, the joy of the Lord being our strength is really important, not only for students, but also for just, like, anyone living in the middle of this pandemic that we're in. Like, it's a pretty difficult time. You look around the world, <clears throat> and there's so much going on, whether it be racial injustice, whether it be conflict or war, refugees, whatever it is, um, it's easy to kind of, like yeah get down because of that and that's natural and I think like in the conversation that we were having you know relying on the joy of the Lord does not mean that you have to be like singing and dancing in every every second of the of your life but it actually is like I guess like that like she said that deep kind of conviction that you know Jesus is at the core of what you're doing and so yeah so I would I would continue just to say to everyone uh, yeah just continue to just push into that and to push into the things that bring you joy in your life as well what stood out to me was when you guys were chatting about making idols out of things and we can easily identify the obvious idols in our lives money possessions but i thought it's really challenging point that we can make an idol out of good things even the great commission and social justice in and of themselves um without putting Jesus at the centre are fruitless and so we need to keep making sure that in both of those areas and in other similar things we always return to Jesus and we put Jesus at the heart of it and he is the motivation for what we do and so we're not in a situation where we're just doing justice for justice's sake even though you know it is important we we know that we're aligning ourselves with God's kingdom and God's vision of justice and when we partner with God we can do immeasurably more than we can just do on our own and so it's really important to continue to put Jesus at the center of that and and not make idols out of good things as well as idols out of bad things yeah I like when she was talking about gap year and why she decided to do a gap year and why you may decide to do a gap year and actually is Uh, For a lot of people, I think I was a bit like that as well. When I finished school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I liked to do, so I decided to go into uni studying what I liked rather than thinking, this is what I want to do when I grow up, this is what I like, the job that I want to do. But actually, if you're not sure what you are passionate about or what exactly you want to study, a gap year is a great way to figure it out and actually um, spend that significant time away from, like, structure and routine and you know you might decide to go get a job and earn some money or or go traveling but actually still gives you that freedom that you don't you've never probably had because you've been in this structure of learning from Monday to Friday and that's all you've been focusing on actually a gap year would be a great way to reflect and be away from it to really rediscover what you're passionate about and what you like um, in terms of education So yeah, I think it's definitely something that you can consider. But at the same time, it's not for everyone. It definitely wouldn't have been for me. I probably would have just sat and watched Netflix all year. (laughs) (laughs) Great, some really good points to digest there. Kat, as it's your last podcast, would you like to do the outro link? Oh, I'd love to. And we can record the intro. (laughs) (laughs) One last time, sign off for us. Well, thank you for tuning in and thank you, Chris and Dan and myself for giving some great (laughs) 
joys of wisdom and um, we'll be back again i won't be back but the guys will be back <laughs> again on the 14th of september with another episode if you like what you heard today then make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on instagram at we are Tiffund. amazing <laughs> we love you cat love you cat it's been emotional <laughs>